0: And welcome back to another episode of Strikes Our Fancy. I am your illustrious host for this evening along with my two cohorts.
1: Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Well hello, I am Rob, and I am completely unqualified to speak about tonight's topic. <laughs> yeah, and I'm Craig, and
2: yeah, I'm here mostly to listen and poke holes. It's kind of my plan. Poke so holes. no change there. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my, my my standard, but also maybe a little more aggressively <laughs> than normal. I don't uh, I don't I don't get it. You don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> Well, what are we talking about tonight, yeah, Caleb? The topic
0: in question, comic books in particular, uh, we're trying to narrow that down to the future of comic books. Is it independent or is it going to stay with the corporate of Marvel and DC? Obviously, I'm speaking with two, uh, two noobs who really <laughs> don't know anything about
2: the business. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, I don't know if it's too much to ask, can we get like a primer? And yeah. Like like a real quick synopsis of the past, I don't know, what's it, 70, 80 years of comics? Oh. Like, what's, what has the industry been so far? Well, I would say the
0: independent business of comics really hit its stride in the 90s. That's when it really started. Well, i say hit its stride. It began in the 90s uh, with Image Comics. A bunch of creators fled from Marvel and DC to create their own brand called Image Comics, where they owned their material. Mm-hmm. And that's where my big argument is going to come in tonight is... How are creators supposed to make a living if they can't own their material? And again, you're giving this big sandbox to these creators, you know, Spider-Man, Batman, all mm-hmm. these things like people want to play with their toys that people want to play with. <laughs> and if you
1: create something new for them, you don't own it. So in in, uh, in, our, in our discussion for today, image still counts as independent.
0: I would count uh, anything that's not the big two, Marvel and DC. Oh, uh, a bit. All right, more. case
1: closed. It's independent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, before we get started, again, we kind of always do this.
1: Rob, what's your experience with comic books, if any? With comic books, not a whole lot. You know, watching Batman growing up, uh, a lot of Spider-Man, a Adam lot. West or Michael uh, I- No, the animated series and the movies. Oh, nice. But those aren't comics. Right, right. <laughs> I just, I know the characters. That was it. I probably got, I don't know, 10 comic books growing up. Mm-hmm. And two of those I found in a burned down abandoned house. <laughs> what, what What's the story behind that? Like you just go exploring abandoned places? No, my parents bought a lot that had mm-hmm. a burned down house on it. And they were going to build a new house. So as we were like surveying the land this one closet escaped the burn and uh got a copy of batman versus spawn
0: oh nice yeah good
1: comic (laughs) did you ever follow up did you find like i'm sure it was just like an issue yeah did you ever follow
0: up on like where's issue this where's
1: this uh i wanted to but there was no way to get comics in my town i don't i have no idea where these came from because Mm. there was not a comic book store for probably 20 miles back in the day grocery stores used to carry them uh not batman versus spawn yeah i suppose yeah (laughs) i don't know i i only ever saw archie in the comic book stores archie yeah holy crap which uh, Archie is actually pretty good, dude. Uh, <laughs> uh, they've they've revamped Archie recently. Oh, many within times the past,
0: within the past few years, modernized if you say. Uh, not not the Riverdale style CW show that's on right now. Mm-hmm. That's completely ridiculous. But they made like what is it? Archie After Dark, which isn't <laughs> which is I, I think it's After Dark. I forget. <laughs> but it's like this dark take on Archie fighting zombies and shit like that. No. Oh. Um, I'm weird. sure it's not called After Dark, because <laughs> that seems a little... Yeah. I don't know Do they,
2: they sell those comics with, like, the, they're in the sleeves, the like cover <laughs> is protected, so you can't ogle them as you're checking out?
1: What, what really surprised me was when I found out that, uh, you know, there are Sonic the Hedgehog comics yeah. made by Archie Comics Company. Yeah. <laughs> Just a really bizarre combination of products to have, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, whoever buys the rights, buys the rights. Yeah, to, right. You
1: know. And they've had them for a long time. Yeah. I think they're still doing them, aren't they?
0: Yep, they still make them to this day. I'm not sure how well they're selling.
1: But I don't know, maybe with the two movies they've been doing really well. Yeah, maybe. I know
0: the Power Rangers comics have been really resurging.
1: I I think it's just a very core group of fans that have been yeah. reading them forever.
0: Well, like, I think we were talking uh, Sonic OCs that one episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of Characters in the Sonic universe, I have no idea like, like who's
1: Shadow? I've never heard of Shadow. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Who is this guy? I don't know. Uh he's he's the dark edgy hedgehog. <laughs> and he gets a gun. What? Yeah. <laughs> in, Sonic in one game. So weird. <laughs> and he has he has uh rocket skates. Rocket skates? Because mm-hmm. he's not as fast as Sonic.
2: Sonic's the fastest. So to keep up, you has rockets in his shoes.
0: That is ridiculous. <laughs> Are you serious? Are you not messing
2: with me? No, I'm serious. Oh man.
1: Yeah. Is that in the games, or is that just like... That is in of... the games, yes. Jeez. He skates around, and he doesn't touch the ground. He's on rockets. Interesting. So he's like the main
0: nemesis of Sonic.
1: In one or two games. Yeah, yeah it depends on the
0: game. Sometimes they're friends. Yeah. Sometimes they're friends. Yeah. Okay.
1: Usually he's not around. He's just in a couple of games.
0: Okay, okay.
2: So how about you, Craig? Uh, my exposure to comic books has been incredibly limited. Most of them have been gifted to me from you, Caleb. (laughs) Um, I had a, I had a buddy who I lived with in Fargo for a bit who tried to get me into them. He would send me some like pirated PDFs. He'd be like, oh, you'll probably, you'll love this arc. And I tried. I did. I really tried, but I just, I can't get into comics. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, I've noticed I have a tendency to like read a page twice. I read all the text and then I go back and look at all the images. And it just seems really inefficient to me. I'd rather just read a book and picture it in my own mind, which, and that's definitely a me thing. But I, I don't know. I just, I struggle, I struggle reading just little snippets of text, just a little bit of dialogue here and there and then having to like look at an image and then figure out which, which panel do I have to go to next? Mm-hmm. You know, I
0: I don't even think about that type of stuff anymore. You know, like, like where, where does this panel go next after this? You know, but obviously somebody who's not... And it's not, like, a super complicated No, thing, But, like, I mean, it is probably a, a detriment to the new folks who are, like, trying to scan left to right when it is kind of, oh, you read this in circles.
2: Right. <laughs> or or that yeah, this page is top to bottom, but this other page is one big panel, and now the next page is left to right. I just... I, I, I'm nitpicking, obviously, but it just... I notice that when I read comics, I get annoyed at the (laughs) inefficiency, that it takes me way longer to read a comic, and I get way less story than if I just read a book.
0: And I think that inefficiency uh, is maybe been planned from the beginning. It's always Mm -hmm. been like 23 pages long, and they want to keep you coming back. It it reminds me of those old serials Mm -hmm. from uh, the 40s, like, Tune In Next Week. You know, to, to find out what happens.
1: And yeah. Then... Or like an ongoing TV show.
0: Or an ongoing TV show. Mm-hmm. But I know I definitely get it, but comics, I love them. Always, mm-hmm. always love them.
1: Speaking of a love for comics, this past week there has been an incredible story arc in Pickles, the newspaper comic. <laughs> 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 he spent the whole week trying to convince his grandson that a kumquat is his favorite animal. Isn't that a vegetable? Yeah, <laughs> well, I think it's a fruit. <laughs> fruit
2: is pickles the one with like the grandparents. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and what what's the payoff? Like, what, there isn't one. There is. Uh, no payoff. Yeah, it but. just it just ended.
1: <laughs>
2: I, I I can't imagine how difficult it must be, because I, I imagine most comic creators think of that. That's the ultimate success is getting syndicated, like nationwide. To write three panels, a, a, day. a three-panel three panel panels comic a day. every day that everyone's going to see, but like imagine the pressure to try and come up with something every day. I, I mean, I'm sure they come, they go in bursts. You yeah. know, you, you got a backlog.
1: But I mean, it's never stopped Jim Davis. I, oh, and that man. guy has never come up with anything original. <laughs> Is he still alive? Is he still uh, writing Garfield? I think. I honestly don't think he writes it. He. I know he doesn't draw it. Mm i don't know Uh, no pretty sure he's still alive though yeah because even
2: to your point with pickles that this idea that it was like a week-long arc Mm -hmm. that like that that these okay for seven days these panels all do tie together and it's it's a longer story it's like does anyone have any say other than the creator over like oh i'm gonna do like a month-long series where each one builds off of each other also you don't know how much you're your readers are actually going to like pick up on that and stay stick with it. It's just it's such a weird, unique format. And I also feel like think it was the goal for so many people for so many t- for I, so long.
1: I think the people who, in this day and age, are really reading newspaper comics aren't really doing much else. <laughs> like, I, I think they're sticking with it.
2: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Well, we'll just get ready to ask. Who's the demographic for, for newspaper comics? Yeah. So, uh, our local newspaper still has peanuts in it. Jeez, so I think it's old people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really old people.
2: <laughs> Although as someone who, again, kind of kind of touts anti-comic books, not that I actually believe that, but that's kind of the stance I'm taking. In regards to the yeah, the three panel comics, I used to for a long time I kept up with the web comic Penny mm-hmm. Arcade, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, same same premise as in the paper, just online instead. Just every, you know, every Monday would say Friday, I would hop online and be like, oh, what's you know, what's what is the Penny Arcade comic for today? Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that a lot, but that's because they were very, very topical to things I was interested right. in
1: versus... Yeah. I used to read a ton of web comics, and I am devastated that that whole ecosystem collapsed. Yeah, I was
0: just going to say that, that that was, I thought, was going to be the new thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. This was like 20 years ago, less maybe a
1: little less than that, but
0: that seemed like it was going to blow up, and now... And for a while, it did.
1: Yeah. Everybody yeah. and his mom had a had a web comic, mm-hmm. and... Um, Interesting fun fact for you, Keen Zone, one of the biggest web comic companies ever, located here in South Dakota. Huh. Did you say Teen Zone? Keen Zone. Keen Zone. Yep. Yeah.
2: Like what I'm is... keen on you. Yeah. I like got kind of keen. Huh.
1: Like they Commander have a keen. website. Huh? They have a website. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's still around. I don't know if anybody updates on it anymore. Hmm. But a lot of the biggest web comics either they were already on there or if you got to a certain point keen zone would come in and they'd offer to like be your producer and they'd do merch for you and like they had a warehouse and would and you know would take care of all of the uh behind the scenes kind of you know advertising and everything mm-hmm. Jeez. yeah if, if you had if you were on keen zone you had made it as a as a webcomic artist
2: like as a small indie creator, rather
1: than someone who just made a name for yourself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and i mean that wasn't that wasn't by any means the only indicator of success but there was a time where if you were starting out with a webcomic you wanted to be noticed by Mm keen zone so i didn't even know there was any big I, I hesitate to call them a publishing
0: house, but like a, a a benefactor, a
1: distributor. Yeah, they were. Yeah, not really a publishing house, but they did a lot of things that your publisher does for you. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just in terms of merch and, and everything.
0: Which again probably explains why that ecosystem failed, as you stated. Like,
1: it's probably hard to contain a web comic well, think, in itself. I think fundamentally the problem is nobody pays for a web comic, uh, and, and in fact, if you're a web comic artist. You pay yeah. to yeah. have it out in the world. Uh, not not so much anymore with uh, social media networks, but yeah, you had to pay for it. And the merch just never really paid for it. I suppose
2: today you can do like Patreon and stuff like that. That would mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. help
0: you out a bit more than, <laughs> than Keenstar.
2: But even then... Yeah. You, could, you one of your Patreons takes the content that they're paying for and puts it out on a free site and it's, you no longer have control of it anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You
1: know? well, I, I think mostly content creators, they're, they're still putting the content out for free um, and the Patreon is just bonus. Uh, a, a lot of what I've seen, more animation, but I, I've been aware of a few webcomics. I don't follow a lot anymore, but I've been aware of this phenomenon you you pay in the Patreon, you get access to like a Discord channel where the artist will do like live draws. Oh, cool. So you're not really getting something, you're just being a part of the experience. Hmm. Which is a good way to
2: Yeah, sell yourself, sell your goods mm-hmm. in a unique way yeah. that makes
1: people feel more involved and, and special. Yeah. And you know, it's a it's a totally different world nowadays. Back then everybody was happy to have things paid for by advertising. Hmm. Now everybody is so exhausted by advertising, and especially web advertising, that is super invasive. Yep. Well, hold on, and uh, now a word from our sponsors.
2: Have you or someone you know recently insulted the Fay Folk? Recently made claims against the supernatural as silly or frivolous? Have strange lights started appearing in the night, or mushrooms grown in your yard? If so, call the law office of Moore and Lachlan. We're here to help you get your affairs in order before the consequences of your own hubris catch up to you reach us at five 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 three six five five before it's too late call now but no I I agree
0: with everything you've said but um, again I think part of that is uh maybe even advertising in general has been because like in a, an advertisement and a comic book you can just <laughs> just pass around right right yeah. by yeah but uh, obviously if you're swiping through your your web comic and an ad pops up on your page and it's like listen to me mm-hmm. you know that would
2: get annoying very fast yeah. um, so I'm, I'm curious though, do, are you av- aware, Caleb, of any indie full comic artists or creators that do kind of an online model? They maybe like have a Patreon or they have a subscription base and they release maybe like a page at a time. Uh,
0: not as of this moment. Okay. Uh, most of the artists that I keep up with, uh, the professional artists that work for these bigger companies, you know, they do go to these signings and autograph places like the comic conventions, mm-hmm. but. Most of them get their work and their money through the work that they're doing for these mm-hmm. companies.
1: Yeah. I think, um, oh, what's his name? Mark C- Cryley. Um, and he's more of a, um, kind of a manga artist. I think he does something like that. Like he, he is kind of a community type person. Okay. So he's, I know he has a YouTube channel that he posts on a lot. I think there's a Patreon, but I'm not, again, I'm, Way out of the scene. <laughs> I just have some old contexts that keep coming up every once in a while. Yeah. They're still in the memory of that algorithm that they have. Yeah, on right.
0: <laughs> I've never really got into the webcomic scene. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I kind of kept up with it. But obviously around 2010, 2012, I stopped hearing anything mm-hmm. about webcomics.
2: Well, that's, I, I think of Penny Arcade as kind of the gold standard for a successful, nerdy, webcomic because they did. They had this they, they had their Monday, Wednesday, Friday releases and then they they pivoted insanely well to merchandise and events. They mm-hmm. now host the Penny Arcade Expo. Right. You know, they do four a year in the US and now I think they do them international as well. So like yeah. I, I still keep tabs on the events and kind of what's going on with those, but I don't read the webcomic yeah. anymore. And not
1: to mention there were a whole host of copycats. Um, yep. and even some of those got big. Yeah. That just copied the same formula because damn they nailed it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean they and they've branched into a whole bunch of other stuff. They do like uh live plays, like of D D sessions. Oh nice. Like, they've really broken into a bunch of stuff. And then they've got they they've got a Twitch channel that they yeah. stream multiple times a week as well. Which it's insane for how big of a webcomic Penny Arcade is when they stream, they stream to like an audience of like fifty people. Hmm. Like nobody Clues in for that. It's 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 absurd to me, like, how popular um, they are, but also, like, Z, this is a service people don't want from them. Z,
1: Z Bashu, who does the uh, animated spellbook yeah. on YouTube, he... I watched a live stream from him on YouTube recently, mm-hmm. and he was commenting that he does that on Twitch a lot, and, like, five people show up. Really? But he does it on YouTube, and he's got hundreds of people in there. Well, I mean, that's
2: where people know him, yeah. I
1: imagine. So I just... Honestly, I don't think streaming is going to be as big of a you know business going forward. It's it's the hot new th- well, it's not really new anymore, but it's the hot thing right now. Yeah. But I think there's going to be a time where that dies down a little bit. I would,
0: I agree with that. Like you know, these video game streams and all that stuff. I've tried watching these live streamed video game players play these games. I want the video where they edit it down into like they're eatable show. There
1: are people that do that. That condensed Uh, syrupy goodness. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, there are plenty of people who still do want to watch a live play of a game. Mm -hmm. Or especially, you know, um, tabletop games are really big right now. But they're not comics. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, well, so I was going to tie it back. I'm thinking of Z.B. Shaw who makes an animated show. But when you're talking about that, it occurred to me... I think that some of the draw to a comic is you can consume it whenever you want Mm -hmm. versus something like a live stream. It's like, well, either you tune in when it's happening or you feel like you missed out. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's just a a fundamentally different experience. And so that the idea that there's this kind of weird intersection Mm -hmm. that people have attempted to do, I feel like those are just fundamentally two different things.
0: Yeah, for sure. It is a little hard, especially for like, oh yeah, I can tune in right now and watch this artist draw my favorite comic book. But how long are you going to sit there and watch right, this? Right. You know, I mean, it's interesting to watch the process, but mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to watch the full thing. And I,
1: I think that's probably the big appeal of it is it's interesting. And I, I think a lot of people do want to see the process happening, but it's a long and arduous <laughs> yeah. process. Yeah. Not in real
0: time. <laughs> yeah. Again, truncate it down to that incredible yeah. yeah. chunk. And I would say that like... Of the people who get shit on in the business, Artists is probably one of the big ones, along with the writers, you know. Mm-hmm. The main creative Oh, Oh, yeah, the people who do it. The yeah. people who do it, the hard work, they they get shit on most of the yeah. time, you know. You guys heard of The Falcon, The Winter Soldier? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The guy who created The Winter Soldier, Ed Brubaker, he was paid more for the cameo he had in Captain America, The Winter Soldier, than the, he did get paid for their usage of his character. Wow. Oh, wow. And he was pretty pissed about that. Rightfully so, in my opinion. But yeah. again... Again, that's one of the reasons these people, you know, they make their names in these books and then they flee to these to their own ideas mm-hmm. and these other companies, you know. And part of me is wondering how long can that happen before, I don't want to say the collapse, but they're, they're definitely a, a detriment to these main two companies before all these artists and writers find a different niche mm. somewhere else.
2: Mm. And that's, I mean, I just feel like with... The state of the internet and the tools that are available to creators. I feel like there is, I, I, I should, I should speak a little softer maybe to creators or about creators because I, I, I'm underplaying the amount of work that it would be. But I feel like there are more tools available than ever before to host your own content fairly cheaply and to maybe put out your own subscription based content. Uh, independently and you there's no production cost because you're not making a physical thing but i as much as i would like
0: digital to be like the future of comic books there used to be this wonderful digital app called comiXology where you could buy had Marvel. on my psp it's a wonderful app uh, but amazon kind of gutted it recently and ah. changed a lot of the formats and now it's hardly usable as an app mm. and i don't know I think they're trying to get people to use their Kindle app as opposed to mm. the Comicsology app oh, sure. after yeah. they bought it. Yeah, so they just it's, wanted the
1: IPs. Yeah.
0: So it's kind of ridiculous. But like that's where I would tell people to go if they asked me, hey, where can I buy this? I don't I don't want to go to the shop. Comixology, you can download don't it. Go there phone. with all the nerds. <laughs> nerds. <laughs> <laughs> not only uh, the the detriment to the to the creatives, the artists for this thing, not just the writers, but the writers, I would say the price point for the comic books are kind of uh a single issue of Marvel or DC costs three ninety
1: nine. They don't cost a nickel anymore. They don't cost <laughs> twenty five cents or a nickel anymore. And you can't trade that's, in coupons for it. That's actually, um, it's not as expensive as I had expected they would be. How how much did you expect? Um, I w- I would have thought you know by now six seven dollars. It's heading in that direction, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, still right now the,
0: the average is three ninety nine.
2: Well, I'm thinking four dollars for what twenty four pages ish less less like nineteen twenty because there's advertisements pages. inside. Mm, yeah. So what? That's fifty cents a page ish. Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't know. I don't know. I I I, I like to do the math sometimes on entertainment in terms yeah. of what's what's yeah. the bank for your buck. So fifty cents a page and what? How much time do you think you spend on a page usually? Not very long.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think a better question is how much do you spend on a on a book.
2: So
0: whenever I'm buying comics, I usually just buy independent, mm-hmm. like the single issues, mm-hmm. because I think that helps them more. You know, like if I buy a Spider-Man comic, Marvel's getting that money as opposed yeah. to Zeb Wells or whoever is writing it that mm-hmm. week, you know. But with the Zaga, for instance, uh, Brian K. Vaughan and Fiona Staples, who write and illustrate it uh, respectively, they get most of the profit from that. I mean, mm-hmm. I I think Image recoups some of the advertisements they put out, but sure. like they're getting most of that money. So I don't mind spending two ninety nine. I think his is, and he deliberately lowered his prices to two ninety nine <laughs> for that, and I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. Um,
2: it sounds like the root issue is what's what's been a problem with artists and creators for for decades is that like people don't want to pay them for their work. They want to say mm-hmm. like, oh, do this for the
1: exposure.
2: Yeah, And then, oh, because you, because you wrote a Marvel or a DC comic, you're now your name's going to get recognized yeah, more. On, on
1: that note, I was going to say something you'd mentioned earlier, Caleb. You'd said people start at, at Marvel or DC and they do get their name out there and then they go off to be independent. I think that is probably going to be enough to keep Marvel and DC around because yeah. you're going to have these artists that want to make their names. They're going to you know, they're going to do their best to make a good comic. And the big houses, they have the characters that people like. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be – there's still going to be readership.
2: Not, not only the readers like. I imagine if you're an up-and-coming artist or writer in comic books, like these are the things you grew up on. Mm-hmm, and yeah. so like the idea of getting a chance to – Work with those characters yeah. and, and say like to have that issue with your name on. Like, yep, this is my Batman story. Yeah, yeah, like that, that, I can I can see the appeal to that, but also that's worth getting paid a decent amount for, <laughs> right? And I'm sure the the money they get paid to do that is more than I make in
0: like three or four months, you know. But <laughs> it's still not very much for what they get paid to do. You mm-hmm. know, um, I think the biggest thing that will come out of this is a a, a, a bereftment of creativity. Because, again, these people, why should they create something new for these companies if they know their work for hire and if they know that their ideas are just going to be
1: with the company? They can't do anything with them. Mm-hmm. You know? So you're saying corporate capitalism yes. is destroying industries.
0: <laughs> 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 and that's not, a, that's not a new take, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, are you a communist? Is that what I'm hearing over there? <laughs> Yeah, no comment. (laughs) Can somebody call the House of Un American Activities? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, cause I, I look at all this stuff that's happening now with Marvel and Batman and, or Marvel and Batman, Marvel and DC, and there's just a, a, a recycling of, of names mm-hmm. and
1: hardly anybody's creating anything new for these people. Yeah. That was actually the one thing that I thought about the big houses. When they made their big name, their big characters, they were, pretty independent. They were mm-hmm. owned by the people who were writing the comics. And since they've moved on and become just companies now, there aren't really that many new breakout characters.
0: Um, and the breakout characters there are, take Miles Morales, for example, has, I, don't, I hate to say the word stolen, but definitely borrowed heavily from Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> they just created a, a semi-new character with the same name as one of their, right, one yeah. of their classics. Mm-hmm. So I, I suppose that's my the main crux of my argument there, is just that there's, with all these uh, lack of ideas for these big houses, um, and then you look at Image, you look at Dark Horse, you know, I mean, the Hellboy saga from start to finish has been freaking amazing. You look at Saga, you look at Paper Girls, uh, all, these, all these independent, I say independent, they're obviously part of the bigger of the houses, mm-hmm. obviously, like Image and Dark Horse boom studios nowadays but they're definitely allowed to play more with their own ideas
2: well and if you produce content for the lesser houses who owns that who owns that ip so uh, those those ips
0: especially if you work for image are owned by the writers and the and the artists okay the people who created the comic book that was specifically mm-hmm. why image was created Images image distri- distributes it, but you're allowed to keep that IP okay. and do whatever you want with it. I mean that that was the whole point of uh, the creation of that particular publishing house because the artists again were tired of doing work for higher stuff and let's let's start right. I imagine.
1: Business. I imagine it's like Disney, where uh, well, the the big companies are like Disney, where you pitch a character and whether. Whether DC uses it or not, that character now belongs to DC, and you can't, yeah. you can't do anything with it. Yeah. You, did, you created it at work, so it's mm-hmm. theirs yeah. now. Uh, you guys ever heard of The Boys,
0: that Amazon TV yeah. show? Yeah. Yep. Which was a comic book prior. I had read something on the opposite of what Rob just said there, and I think it's probably the only time this probably happened. It was originally published by Wildstorm Comics, which was a subsidiary of DC. Mm-hmm. So, in essence, owned by DC. Right. They published six issues. And they canceled it, but DC and whoever was in charge at the time, whatever happened, gave everything back to Garth and was like, "You do what you want with this." Man, lucky! And yeah. he was able to take it to Dynamite Comics, and they were able to continue. And obviously, it became the big hit that it is. So I just thought that was interesting. That, uh, and he, even he said in interviews that like we got so lucky with with what they were right. able to do with us with that kindness. Yeah. Kindness is probably a heavy word there, yeah. but you know. The fact that you're allowed to keep something that you create, especially in today's day and age, mm-hmm. I think is special.
1: Yeah, that is incredible. I, I feel like, uh, and you know, I'm not a very, I'm not a creative professional, um, <laughs> but I feel like I would have a, a lot of trouble working for a large company that is going to take ownership of, of something that I create and not, you know, maybe they cancel it and now you can never do anything with that again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which would suck I, mean, uh, I put all my heart and soul into
1: this right and now now you still get I, to keep it I, I can't imagine having a story you wanted to tell and then it gets canceled I'm, and you're done it's yeah. just in the grinder mm-hmm. yeah. gone forever
0: Have any of you guys ever wanted to do something creative not just comic books but like in general like is that obviously the podcast is part of our come together for a creative endeavor but have you guys ever wanted to do something oh yeah yeah
1: hmm Yeah, I've got sketchbooks full of um cartoon ideas. You're gonna do something with them? Nope. <laughs> what? A <laughs> ship has sailed, my friend.
2: No. As we're talking about how content online does It's a missed opportunity. It's like that would have been ideal like 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Like to, to make that content <laughs> and put it out online. Great. Right, yep. Yeah. But that's assuming the the goal was to like Make it your mainstream thing or like you, you get successful and the mm-hmm. goal is to make a living off of it. It's still something you could do for you. I mean, that's why we do this. Like this yeah. isn't,
1: this is, this podcast isn't going anywhere, <laughs> but like we still do it. Yeah. But this podcast, well, for me, it takes about an hour and a half oh, every other week.
0: Yeah. And obviously don't, don't do it if you don't love it. But I think there's something to be said about getting this stuff onto a piece of paper, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. How's your story coming along? <laughs> It's on Google Docs.
0: <laughs> it's constantly being tweaked. Oh, okay. Uh, as you had mentioned earlier that like all these writers and artists come together for like Marvel and DC and stuff. And they're like, hey, I want to play with these characters. Give me these toys. I want to I do something with these. Mm-hmm. I have never had an idea for any of these big mainstream. Really? Like mm-hmm. I have all these ideas in my own head for what I want to do for my stuff. But like mm-hmm. I I would have nothing for like a
1: Spider-Man comic book or a, or a Batman comic book. Yeah. Know? And I just I, see. I think having the idea for an interesting set of events is the more important part there, and then you can throw any character in it. And okay, how is Spider-Man going to react to then, to this?
0: What's more important here, Rob—the character or the universe? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: universe again, for the name recognition, <laughs> and then character <laughs> for the actual plot. Right, yeah, then, yeah.
1: Uh, I I I think again, an interesting character. Go anywhere.
0: <laughs> I, I agree with that. No. But you got a bunch of rabid fans out there who just don't like
2: anything new done with their characters. Mm, it's true. You know? This idea that, yeah, you want to play with a known character, but I imagine a lot of writers struggle with well, am I, is this too far? Is this yeah. too too am I too outside the norm? Is this am I gonna get blowback because this isn't what people expect from their character or the 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 franchise that they loved for 50 years
0: yeah just give me more of the same yeah it's kind of the the mantra of a lot of fans yeah Yeah. more of the same again i think it's a good thing new these new ideas are being created but also why should i give talent my talent to these characters and do what i want to do with them if i'm just going to be yelled at on the internet (laughs) you know (laughs) if i'm just going to be
1: have a death threat against me you know i'm i'm thinking tying all of our conversation together um there's a webcomic artist who actually did go to work for Marvel, and he wrote Squirrel Girl. Oh. Uh, Ryan North did yeah. uh, Dinosaur Comics, uh, hugely successful, and Squirrel Girl was great. It was, that was easily an incredible run.
0: <laughs> I haven't read any of it, but the vibe of it seems really oh, it's, fun it's and, hilarious. and zany, and I, I can't wait to get to it. Because they're releasing a, a gigantic book of his entire run. Oh, cool. uh, this fall i'll have to get so. that
1: because i have i don't think i have a lot of them i was buying them for my daughter who i think was seven at the time mm-hmm. and uh some of them have been damaged no which sucks because they were the alternate covers yeah yeah
0: <laughs> which if we want to talk about the downfall of the comic book industry variant covers in the 90s bankrupted mm-hmm. marvel <laughs> and i can I,
2: I, nah, never mind <laughs> I have never understood the idea of something being a valuable collectible that's, like, essentially one-ply toilet paper. It's like, limited
1: edition, man. Like, but, like, <laughs> it's so fragile. You, the thing is, you had to be there. And, yeah, it's fragile. So, yeah. if you didn't get it, you didn't get it. Yeah. And that's – I've never been one,
0: like, I need this variant cover for this reason. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I agree kind of a little bit that it's kind of stupid. But I do collect the artwork. Mm-hmm. I. Yeah. I love the artwork of some of these variant covers. So yeah. that's what well, I'm in it for. When,
1: when you're buying them as they're coming out, they don't cost anything extra. Yeah, right? yeah.
0: So. I suppose. God, there was one I just picked up last fall. I think cover price was like four ninety nine. But what But by the time I finally heard of it and was interested in it, went to the shop to get it, they had already upped the price on it to like 20 bucks for that whoa, whoa. one particular issue. Wow. I paid for it. But <laughs> <laughs>
2: and what has it done since in
0: terms of price oh i I didn't buy it for value. I bought it because like I want to read this right, but, yeah. but
2: I mean it's like it's like uh thinking of investing in Apple in like 1990 you can you can still keep your <laughs> you know your uh, keep a pulse on the price so you know you can like fall back
1: but, on it so so here's a question though you bought that to support the artist or you know the the people who made it. How much of that price do you think they actually right. got? Or did the comic book shop buy it at wholesale price originally when they were intending to sell it for four ninety nine, and then just jack up the price? Yeah. That's what they do. Like, they just buy
0: it wholesale. Mm-hmm. And all, the, all of my money went to the comic shop for that one. <laughs> Which I don't mind because, again, here in town, local business, I'll do what I can. Um, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we
2: lost a comic book shop a few years back, didn't we? <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah. But
0: this town isn't big enough. For, for two.
2: Yeah? Well, I was going to ask yeah. Caleb. So, I mean, we've been talking about comics in a very roundabout, kind of generic sense. But I'm curious, what is, like, the weirdest and yet coolest idea that you've seen, like, an indie comic maker make? That you're like, that never would have flown at a big brand name Marvel or DC. But because they did it as an indie comic maker, they were able to make it work. um.
0: Again, to bring it up all the time, Saga was specifically created to both be unfilmable and to be (laughs) X-rated. So this big budget sci-fi comic would not have flown anywhere else but image where it's currently at. And most independent comics have elements that just wouldn't have flown anywhere else either. There's an independent comic called Black Science by Rick Remender. Basically, this family... Ends up traveling the multiverse in this malfunctioning tool. And each universe is obviously different from the other one. And they're slowly going down what they're calling the onion. Layer upon layer (laughs) upon layer. Yeah, sure. One of them was a universe where Native Americans were never colonized. And there's a big war going on between... England and the uh, United Tribes of North America, which I thought was pretty cool. That's badass. <laughs> so,
1: so it's basically Sliders, the comic, a little bit, yeah, but a little darker, a little less cheesy. <laughs> and
2: again, it, it is
0: cheesy than Sliders.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that um, Jerry? Jerry? Gosh, I don't. You know remember. who I'm talking about? I don't though. remember who was in it. At okay, all. okay. Yeah, I'm looking at you, you have no idea. I've, n- I've never <laughs> heard of this. Yeah.
1: I got nothing. You never heard of sliders? Nope. Whoa. Are we talking about small burgers? No. No. <laughs> no, it was a it was a big 90 late nineties sci-fi show.
0: Like universe to nope. universe type show. Nope. I think Quantum Leap just. Nope. I okay. I
1: mean, it's, but it's not just Scott Bakula? No. Not, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. It was like a team of scientists and then like an actor. I forget.
0: <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> I used to watch it before schools, mm-hmm. like on Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> yeah. Just a cheesy. It was, it was like on the same time as Buffy. When you guys have never seen Buffy, so yeah, right?
2: I, I watched Buffy.
1: Did you watch Buffy? A little bit. Okay. I, I never got really into it. Okay.
2: I was thinking again. Not I have I have not been big into the comic book world myself, but um, an interesting idea, and I think it was an independent comic creator. A guy, Caleb, you and I used to work with, would bring comics in when we were working the overnight and just kind of leave them on the counter sometimes and be like, hey, read this real quick. I want to talk to somebody about it. And I don't, I can't think of what it was called. It might have been like something in Fairyland, but the premise was, do you know what I'm talking about? The PG title is I Hate Fairyland.
0: Yeah. But there are variant covers with the real title, Fuck Fairyland. (laughs) Yeah.
2: The, The premise is it's this girl who goes to into an imaginary land where like everything's sunshine and rainbows and flowers but then she gets stuck there and so she doesn't age and she's immortal but like her brain ages she matures so she's like a 30 year old <laughs> trapped in a 5 year old's body Ooh. and she became doesn't she like come become like a totalitarian she just starts
0: killing everyone? like warlord to get in, out. <laughs> in,
2: in, in this fantasy makeup land like so like that's um, incredible
0: <laughs> so like the, the gist of it is like think Alice in Wonderland or something like that and she's supposed to go on this quest to get from A to B and there's, there's a script that she needs to follow, but she's just like, no. And then she just kind of goes (laughs) and does her own thing. And it's been like 30 years since that happened. And her, uh, her only companion is was supposed to be her guide at that original point, but he's just this jaded, Malice thinking dude That's following her along now right. Because she's just been Fucking around Imagine a
2: Jiminy <laughs> Cricket That nobody ever listens to So yeah, he's just yeah. super pissed All the time Yeah But that was I, I had no interest in it When he When when this guy first showed up In the office with it But mm-hmm. I did end up reading it Because I was bored And I was like Okay this is a fun idea That like Wouldn't really fly anywhere else And the artwork is phenomenal It's got young
1: I can't believe That that premise alone Didn't catch you
2: I mean I didn't Looking at the cover Oh sure I didn't know like, it, it looked like a kid's comic. Hmm. Like, because the, the the cover art for the first few episodes are very flowery. Yeah,
1: fairyland. Uh, they, yes. they
2: hide the gore <laughs> and the violence. <laughs> and
0: there is a lot of gore. Yeah. Uh, and that's what sells it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he did recently finish. I think it was 15 issues, uh, maybe 20. But that's a
2: long time. That was like eight years ago. Yeah. You say he just recently finished? Was it eight years? No, it was, what, it was a long time six. ago. I stopped working there four years ago, Caleb. I'm, I don't know the man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it, it's yeah, it's close to six. Um, but I, I say
0: recently, I mean, it's in the last year or two. Okay. So, I mean, maybe that makes it a little better. Yeah.
2: I don't know. It's um, just, it's a, and, and to me, that's, that's a downfall of comics. Like, I get that there's a lot of work involved, but they take so long.
0: Issue by issue is always a hard
1: thing to wait month by month. So, you, you say you hate waiting so long. But it's not like, like a novel where you get it, you read it in a couple of weeks or, you know, maybe even one week if you uh-huh. really like it. And then it's going to be six years until the next one comes out. Right. But
2: I'm also not – like there. there's an efficiency and a frequency thing that I don't like. I don't like getting a very small amount drip fed to me consistently month by month by month. I'd rather get all of it at once. I'd rather binge it Mm -hmm. and enjoy it and then wait a really long time and then not think about it or, you know, retouch it or reread it all right before the next one comes out. I don't have to be constantly thinking about it month to month and building up anticipation and excitement. It's like just give it all to me. Let me enjoy it. Let it stand for itself. And then if I if I do really enjoy it, I'll pick up the next one when it comes out.
0: The the waiting portion of comics, I think, is also a detriment of
1: newbies trying to get into it mm-hmm. i gotta wait
0: a month for this you know yep
1: it's tough um, I, either that or you go to your friendly comic book shop and they have issues one three four and five
0: yeah yeah no that happens all the time mm-hmm. um that's why you got to get on those lists Help those pull lists I think we've we've mined all of we can from this especially since I'm talking to two people who don't really read comic books. <laughs> um and maybe I'll maybe I'll get my own special fifth one episode yeah. with somebody who who's read some but yeah. should do
2: that. <laughs> Any parting words, parting thoughts? I I'm curious. This is a, this is a massive tangent, but it's still comic related. What are your guys' thoughts about movie adaptations of comics? Because I really struggle when I think of a movie based on a comic. I'm like, how is this just not shot for shot? Because I, when I think of a comic, that's a storyboard. It's Mm -hmm. already there for you. So it's not shot for shot. Well, it's not quite shot for shot, but everybody hates it. It's pretty damn close. (laughs) I, I wonder how do you take the adaptation of something that's so close to being the same thing? Does that make sense? I
0: love the fact that things are changed for the movies, yeah, or or any adaptation. (laughs) I mean, if I wanted just a rehash of what I already had, I'd just reread that particular issue. Okay. Like and give me give me some you, give me you, your you unique should, take.
1: It's a cliched statement, but the media is the message. Mm. Yeah. So you should alter your story in a way that makes sense to take advantage of now it's an animated or not animated necessarily, but it is a moving thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, I think some things just don't work in live action. You know, mm-hmm. take the ending of Watchmen. Have you guys seen the Watchmen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the comic book, it wasn't Dr. Manhattan that was blamed for all those gigantic explosions that Ozymandias did. It was an alien that came down and did it that was created by Ozymandias to bring the world together. I thought the movie did it better where they blamed this whole thing on Dr. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it works better in live action than having this random alien <laughs> show up. That was created by Ozymandias,
2: but why? Why do you think that works better in the comic, though? I feel like that's it's a weird sidestep in the comic as well, in the root narrative to me.
0: I think uh, again, I have no idea the 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 inspiration that that got to Alan Moore for it, but I think that was just his idea, and he was like, "I want to
1: use this Mm -hmm. weird alien." Because I think what you're really you're not really saying that worked well in the comic, and what they did in the movie worked well in the movie. I think you're just saying. What they did in the movie worked better. I think it worked better. Obviously. Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Rob, Rob gets me.
2: Yeah, no. So I <laughs> thought you were saying that there are some things that are unfilmable, and then we're bringing that up as an example. But I also think that alien thing would have been unfilmable. Like, I just think it's a random element
0: that that's just been added, and the alien yeah, and the theater comic audiences would not have resonated with that. N- no, uh, it just would have looked funny because uh, yeah. it was just giant squid thing, like it just i think that would have been unfilmable and to be fair watchmen was billed as unfilmable for years before they filmed it hmm. so narratively i think it makes sense that dr manhattan was blamed for it mm.
2: it's weird to me that you, that that was lauded as unfilmable because i think of watchmen as one of those movies that is pretty damn close to the storyboard mm-hmm. that was laid out in the comic. Yeah. Because I watched the movie first and then went back and read the, co- the the comic. And I was like, oh, this is almost exactly as it's portrayed in the movie. Mm.
0: I got nothing for you. <laughs>
2: okay. I got nothing <laughs> all for right. you there.
0: All, all I can tell you is that Alan Moore hates any adaptation that has to do with his comic books. Right. He did V for Vendetta,
2: too, didn't he? He did. Yeah. I he fucking did. hated it. Yeah. That I can get behind a little bit more because it was The Message. What what was changed about the message? Well, in the comics, it's he's like go anarchy, yeah. like don't listen to mm-hmm. anyone. And in the movie, it's like go democracy. Yeah, he hated yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that was that was the last little tangent I wanted to yeah. go yeah. on. To story yeah storyboards.
1: Rob, I don't think just the future of comics is is independent. I think the future of all industries is independent. Do you think we're slowly going away from corporate? I think we're going to have to. I mean, I look at any industry, the bigger a company gets, the worst, the worse its product gets. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I, I would have to agree with that as well. You know, I mean, I'm a big fan of independent movies, things that aren't released in the main studios. If that's all the, the gentlemen have, uh, did I change, did I change minds about starting comics at least?
2: Not really. Cause I, I think my, my main takeaway when it comes to comics is it's just an inefficient medium? I don't. I, I don't want. I wouldn't take it away from anyone. I can see the appeal, but I. I just. I want more. You're an
0: inefficient medium. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Rob, I literally shoved a comic in your hands today. So mm-hmm, yeah, and I'm definitely going to read it. Yeah, no excuse. <laughs> but I did that to Craig too, and he still has yet to read stuff. So
2: <laughs> I read the one you got me. I read. I read the Dune comic. Oh, did you? Yeah, I, and I and I enjoyed it. But not so much that I'm going to go look for more. They did release all seven issues in this nice-looking hardcover. Yeah. It's
0: freaking nice. Um, But anyways, hopefully, if any audience member out there is listening and has has comic suggestions for these two, Rob, what's our site that they can go to?
1: It is ourfancy.site, S-I-T-E.
2: Or you can reach out to us at strikesourfancy at gmail.com. Yep also if you're that one person from germany like please email me oh please (laughs) like because you've been with us since the beginning and i I cannot believe it how do we know he's not like a bot or something i could very very easily could be but like if you're if you hear this please just send an email saying hi i would love that gunther (laughs) please (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but
0: anyways that's been our show and uh, as always i've been caleb i'm still rob and i'm greg